Hello and welcome to the teaching podcast of Coastal Community Church, where our mission is to be love in Jesus Christ to the lost and found in our community. For more information about what Coastal is all about, visit SebastianChurch.com. Now please prepare your hearts to receive whatever God may have for you in today's sermon. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Seth, one of the pastors here, and it's so good to be worshiping with you. I think I finally dried out from the first service. So uh, thank you guys for being here. Thank you for being here. I'll just talk above whatever that is. Is it me? Am I doing that? It's not me. I, it's not me. Sometimes when my wire gets frayed, it does that, but I don't, I don't think it's me. All right. So let's try it again. Hey, everybody, welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Seth, I'm one of the pastors here. If you're watching us online, I'm happy you're there as well. Some of you chickened out because it was so stinking rainy outside, but we love you all the same, and we're happy that you're joining us, even online. For those of you who are here in the room, we're happy that you weathered the storm and you believed that it would dry out in time to get here for second service. Um, Well, it was the seventh grade, and I was a preppy skater, yeah, the best blend of the 90s styles, okay? And for those of you who don't know what that is, well, we can talk after the service, but uh, I, I was cool. And that was my daughter who just did a snort laugh while I'm talking about being cool on stage. 90s, be quiet, this is not your time, children, okay? We'll talk later, okay? You see, back then, kids used to be bad, but that was good right? And we used to ride in the back of pickup trucks with no restraints. We used to, we used to, um, anybody have one of those cap guns with the rolls of caps? You know those? They don't even sell cap guns anymore. They're just too dangerous for this generation, okay? Man, I would, the the cap gun would get old and break. I'd have a ton of uh, rolls of caps left. And what did we do? Uh, My generation, we got a hammer, right? And we, no hearing protection, we got that bad boy, boom! You know, the whole container, the whole box, it sounded like there was a drive-by shooting, right? And if, you, if it was a really good one, it would like create a ball of flame. Like they apparently don't want this generation doing that sort of fun stuff, right? But where the 90s were really defined were the clothing and accessories that defined us. Uh, there, my children were looking through photos recently and I'm ashamed and let me tell you, it will never make it to this screen that I had tried on my friend's um, studded uh, dog collar, yes, the the one with the spikes on it. And uh, Kyle's like, Dad, did you really? And I'm like, dude, it was just for the photo, okay? And he's like, sure. Okay, but my wife was there, she remembers, and it really was just for the photo. But you remember jelly bracelets. Some of you guys think you're so cool with your jelly bracelets and jelly shoes. We made those cool, you're welcome. We brought that in, right? And so you're welcome, this generation. And, and uh, high hair seems to be coming back too, held up by Aquanet back then, right? You could smell the contamination of the atmosphere behind most girls, right, in the 90s. And uh, the mood ring, which was always black at school. <laughs> and you know why. But perhaps my favorite fashion statement of my generation, parachute pants. Z Cavaricis, 
with 852 belt loops all around, right? I don't know if you might need to Google that to really experience what I'm talking about today. Do your research in the sermon. Don't just take the pastor's word for it, but go dig for yourself. Find out what Z Cavaricis are. Well, my mom, she bought me a pair and I had two pairs of cool pants, okay? These pants would have made MC Hammer jealous and, and maybe even Vanilla Ice. By the way, I always had the swoop. Today, the swoop was falling, so I wore the hat because the swoop got really wet today, so I didn't do any swoop. It was just, we're just gonna stick with what we got right here. And I had the swoop and the baggy pants. I had the, the, and you gotta roll the, you gotta roll the cuff, right? You roll it at the heel so it poofs out more up here, right? You know what I'm talking about. Okay, some of you are not at all following, but that's okay. Uh, I'm, I, you know, whoever I'm talking to, I'm talking to but I, I was cool, okay, because I had those pants. And I had two pairs, and I would rotate them, right? And it was seventh grade, so laundering optional, you know? Just get through the week and look cool. That was the, the goal, right? And, and I wanted to look cool because um, I felt like wearing these pants would, would, would make girls think I'm rad. <laughs> yeah. Wearing these pants would, would cause girls everywhere to hand me their scrunchie. And I, I, I borrowed my son's car. I borrowed my son's car on Friday because mine was broken down, which has been a pattern lately. And, uh, and I got in and I put the shifter in reverse and I'm like, there's a scrunchie there on it. And you're welcome, son. We passed that down to you too, okay? All right, so I remember I'd wear it on my, um, you know, Krista's scrunchie be on my, we met at 13 and 14. We were just, you know, just kids. I would wear it on my, you know, I'm like a bracelet, you know, and she'd wear my jacket. You know how it is, right? So that, so that people know you are rad, right? So um, I wanted these things so that I could be rad and so girls and everybody would notice me, but really I haven't grown out of the power that stuff has over me and stuff just loves to shout at me. So my money sometimes talks through stuff and, and it says, think of how cool you'd be if you rolled up in a Tesla. You know, most pastors are driving Hondas, Toyotas, Fords, and you roll up in a Tesla, nobody even hears you coming, right? <laughs> you get out and the lights are flashing, you know, right? Wouldn't that be cool? Woo! All right, now, I mentioned this a few years ago that I wanted a Ferrari and someone bought me a Matchbox car. Not the same. So, but I am taking donations if you'd like to donate a, a real Tesla. Okay. So money talks to our stuff. Um, but you don't have to be bullied by that voice. Our key verse for this series, Money Talks, is Luke chapter 16, 13. It goes like this, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So we need to become money masters instead of money mastering us. There are 2,350 verses about money in the Bible. That's why we're talking about it on Sunday morning because money has real life implications for your life. Money has real spiritual implications for your life. So money must be mastered. Week one, we talked about money talks through our worry. That one was a sermon directly for me. 
Worry likes to keep you up at night, usually related to money. And if you're a worry, you have a, if you are a worrier, you have a great creative mind. Remember, we talked about this. You just need to transfer that creativity from imagining the absolute worst to believing that God can do amazing things in your life. And week two, just last week, you guys got all excited about budgeting. I may be overselling that just a smidge. But you cannot, we learned that you cannot be enslaved to money and claim to be surrendered to God. And this week, we're talking about how our money talks to us through our stuff. Stuff will whisper in your ear, sweet nothings, enticing you to be rad. And very rarely delivers on the promise. So let's get started because I promised you at the beginning of this series, and I have to stick with it, that I would make these, I would get you out at least on time, okay? Every time, because when we talk about money, we definitely don't need to go any longer than the normally scheduled programming. So with that, let's start. Number one, stuff says just a little more. But God says, learn to be content with what you have. Find joy in what you already have. Um, some of you know that I have a lot of kids, and we have six children, but just five living at home. Um, one got married and moved to Alaska, and uh, we have five kids at home. We've had 18 in our home. We love kids. Our favorite age is toddlers, because um, you can throw them. <laughs> um, seriously, like I love throwing toddlers. You just throw them, like, yeah, again, again, right? But they also, you can also spin them. Yeah, so at the swing, at the swing set at the park, um, you know, you get them spinning, right? You ever do that? You just twist and twist and twist until you run out of chain, right? Pro tip, put them on their belly. Say, get on your belly in the swing, right? You get this like perpendicular wrecking ball going and then push them when, they, when, you, when, they, when you let go, right? Okay, free pro tip, okay? I am not paying your ER bill or answering any questions from DCF, but it is fun to watch. And then they, they get up and stumble around like a drunk person, right? So, but it's good, but after that, you know what they tell me? One more time, one more time. And you know what I do? Spin, 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 let's do it again. And you know, I mean, the vomit's a side story, but at least they're having fun, right? But after every time, one more time. And then when you think you've had all you can handle, one more time. And when you're tired of this game, and you've watched enough of them stumbling around one more time. This is how stuff talks to us. This is how, you just need a little more. And then, have you ever noticed this? When you get the little more, you just need a, a little more. And then a little more after that. And it seems to be chasing us nowhere. Stuff uh, we believe when money talks through our stuff, it tells us that if I could get just a little more money and a little more stuff, I'd be a little more happy. How many of you, when you see that, that uh, when you drive by the billboard for the lottery or you see it on TV or wherever, you're like, what would I do with bleep billion dollars, right? Right? Yeah, I heard it. Somebody's gonna give a check to the church, right? Yeah, we're gonna move out of here. Go some, I don't, anyway, <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. But how many of you start fantasizing about what you could do with all that money? It would, it would make you a little wealthier and it might make you a little happier for a time, 
but what it would really do is make you more of who you already are. Dave Ramsey, I'll just quote him on that. Dave Ramsey says, money doesn't make you happier. It doesn't make you a better person. It makes you more of who you really are. And so if you're a jerk and you get a lot of money, you're gonna be a big jerk. And if you're sweet and generous and you get a lot of money, you're gonna be an amazing uh, person who changes the world with that generosity. So I wanna talk about joy because what I didn't say is that money brings joy. Okay, kids bring joy most of the time, right? Kids bring joy, and, but money doesn't. Money brings happiness. What's the difference? The, joy, the, the Greek word for the biblical term joy is kara. Can we, can we say that together? Kara, three, two, one. All right, y'all did good. Okay, and if you've ever met someone whose name is Kara, or some of them pronounce it Kara, this is, what it, this is where it comes from, joy. It means joy. Okay, so Kara, a lasting emotional state of satisfaction and gladness. And I want that. Money can't buy it. I don't want the one that's dependent on so many things and politics and, you know, what are we gonna do with the economy and all. I don't want all that. I want what, what money can't buy, Kara. And joy is choosing actually to respond externally from what we know to be true internally. And so externally, there may be many circumstances that don't really please us. Externally, there may be many challenges that overwhelm us. But internally, we know that God will redeem everything for his good. We know that he can be trusted so that even in the midst of a storm, he's present with us and we can find joy in the midst of sorrow. Joy is a flavor of happiness that the world cannot sour. And that's why we should be chasing after that instead of chasing after happiness, which is circumstantially dependent. So we trust money for happiness because we don't always know what we have in Christ. And we also don't understand what we're giving up when we give up chasing Christ for chasing stuff and chasing money. But God says you can find joy in what you already have. Let's read Philippians chapter four, verses 11 and 12 to talk about that. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. One key phrase there, and it's underlined, I have learned to live. Learning to live content. I've learned the secret of living in every situation. How many of you wanna learn that secret? You wanna know how it's learned? By putting you in situations that you're not content with and finding contentment there. Paul can say this because he has been in difficulty and learned how to find joy in the midst of those difficulties because joy is that flavor of happiness that world sorrows cannot contaminate. So I can be content and joyful with an iPad 
or with a pad and paper, a pad and pen, right? I can be content with my uh, 12-year-old Honda that loves to take rides on the tow truck. Recently, it's just like, you know what I want? I want another ride on that tow truck thing. I don't wanna always have to propel myself places. So when you get to Fort Pierce and it's raining out, I'm gonna get another ride on a tow truck. Like, whether it's that car or the Tesla, I will have joy because I don't need that thing to give me joy. And if I depended on that thing to give me joy, it would just end up robbing my joy. So I can't put my joy, I can't put my joy to be dependent on things that will always let me down. My stuff will always let me down. You may have a Tesla, uh, a little, I don't want any um, you know, lawsuits, but the tow truck driver said he tows more Teslas than any other vehicle. So it, he says they kind of run out of, I'm like, well, don't they have like a thing that says, hey, you're almost out of power? Nobody listens to that, apparently. So it's, I guess it's like the gas light. Oh, I can go a little further, right? How many of you do that, right? Yeah, it says zero miles left, but it doesn't mean that, right? And so apparently in the Tesla, it really means that and people, people have to get towed all the time. So no matter what you own, don't let it own you. No matter what it is that you have, you can always lack contentment. So learn to be content with whatever you have. Stuff says, just a little more, just one more time. But God says you can find joy without making another purpose. All right, number two. You guys ready for number two? Y'all aren't ready. Let's sit right here. You guys ready for number two? All right, good. I, I make no promises if we, if we fall asleep during the sermon how long this is gonna take. All right, so number two, stuff says debt is easy, right? God says debt is bondage. Now, I know there's lots of different views about debt, but th- this, is, this is God's view, okay? Debt is bondage. Stuff loves to tell you that you can afford things that you can't. How many of you have ever... Now, you guys, you be honest and raise your hands when I ask this, but how many of you have ever calculated like, you know, honey, I could get a Tesla. Think of how much money we would save on fuel, right? Yeah, I see the hands going up already and you've calculated it out. Like, why am I even driving a gas car? I could own this Tesla and have a computer screen in there and watch stuff while I'm driving, right? Right, I mean, that's what people do, right? And all right. So here's how debt talks. You could own this in 60 easy payments. 60 payments is never easy, okay? You could own this in 60 easy payments or buy here, sell here, right? No credit. You guys know these things, right? Drag it, tow it, push it. We'll give you top dollar for your trade-in. Might be a catch, okay? There might Maybe a catch, because I know stuff that I've had to drag, pull, whatever, and I feel like I'm winning in the end. Nah, they're gonna throw that thing in the junk pile, okay? (laughs) And then raise the price on my new car, right? And then there's this one. Bring your trashy, outdated, screen-cracked phone from the early, you know, right? From the 2000s even, right? Early 2000s. And we'll give you a $1,700 phone long as you sign a contract that you'll never leave us. And so I just wanna be honest, like some of these deals are good, okay? 
So it's okay, not all. Dave Ramsey says something I don't really agree with. He says, debt is dumb, okay? Some debt is really dumb, but I'm glad I didn't think debt was dumb when I borrowed money to, to go to school and, be, and become a pastor, okay? I paid it off, by the way, but I'm glad I didn't think debt was dumb when I decided to buy my house at a market that was almost 20 years ago and didn't wait until now, okay, right? Whew. Okay, I'm very happy that that was not dumb. But there is some dumb debt. There's some really stupid debt. But you, you need to just feel these out, okay? Each of you are in different situations. So you need to decide, hey, we're gonna evaluate each situation. When they say, uh, you know, bring your trashy phone and, you know, just ask what's the catch or start looking for it, right? Because there usually is one. Sometimes there isn't. Sometimes, you know, whether you brought the phone or not, you're gonna get a great deal, who knows? Check it out though. Do not put yourself in a position where debt becomes your master. Proverbs 22, seven says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. You see, I didn't say it, God did. I didn't say that this was my position. God said, hey, if you, if you get into debt, you become enslaved to the debtor. Okay, and some of you are like, no, not me. Okay, I understand. Like, you're in a position right now where you can pay your debts, and that, that's a great position to be. I don't know if I would completely classify that as in bondage, but just wait till you can't pay it. That's when the bondage comes. That's when you become enslaved and you get nasty letters from lawyers saying, pay up or we're gonna take stuff, right? So Proverbs 22, seven says, the borrower is slave to the lender. Money.com says, the average American has $21,000 of debt per household, excluding mortgages. Money.com, same article says, 30% of the average American's monthly income goes towards paying off debt. I think that number is a little low. Sometimes it's a lot more. There are a lot of opinions on debt. My wife and I personally, we don't have credit cards. We, we, uh, we paid those off. Um, we did that, we did that, we got the T-shirt. And uh, we're not doing that again. And uh, we, we don't have credit cards. We don't borrow money to get our cars, which is why I have a car that loves to ride on tow trucks. Um, but eventually I'm gonna fix that thing, okay? It's a Honda. Eventually it'll be all right, eventually. Until then, I'm driving it so my wife doesn't get stranded, right? And, but these are just things that we've decided as a family, that we've decided as a couple, this works for us. So you have to decide what works for you to not be enslaved to debt and stuff. So in some cases, uh, this bondage can actually become a spiritual bondage that the devil can use to keep you from getting out of where you're at and going to where God wants you. Let's say God says, hey, I want you to go here and become a pastor. I want you to go here and do this. You can't go if you're completely enslaved to debt. You, there's no wiggle room for you to be generous to someone God's calling you to be generous to if all your money's gonna, going to debt. And so this, this, this is the devil's easiest way of enslaving you to bondage. And so with that in mind, debt bondage becomes spiritual bondage because the devil can use it against us. He can immobilize you financially and legally. And so I want to talk to those, some of you are like, hey, we got debt, it's no big deal, we can pay it every month. I wanna talk to those who, who are struggling. I wanna talk to those who need some 911 um, because I'm not a great financial advisor. My wife is the brains of the outfit and I think you guys have known me long enough to see that. Um, but she's, she's smarter than I am and I'm okay with that. 
But I wanna just, like anyone, wherever you're at, whatever debt or whatever uh, financial trouble you're in, there is a way out, okay? <laughs> there is always a way out. I wanna just give you one tool. Can you let me do that? One tool, it's gonna be on the screen, undebt.it. Um, you, can, you can see it right there, that's the QR code, undebt.it. And let me tell you what this tool does. It, it does kind of the Dave Ramsey debt snowball thing. For those who don't know, um, the debt snowball is basically taking all your debts, deciding which one is, is uh, the smallest debt and begin paying that down, pay it off, and then use what you paid off, and then roll it into the next debt, the next largest debt or the next smallest debt, sorry. And then you just keep going and it becomes a bigger snowball, right? Awesome, if that works for you, fantastic. But there's also what's called a debt avalanche, which puts a little bit more thought into what you pay first. For instance, if you're paying a school loan and the, and the uh, you know, my, my school loans were two point something percent interest and it's this big and you might have a, another loan, we'll call that dumb debt and it's 27% interest, I may choose to pay the 27% because I am tired of snow falling on me, right? So I'm gonna choose to pay off that one because it's just stupid high interest, okay? So whether it's the debt snowball or the debt avalanche, you get to set all that in this app, undebt.it. And for me, we don't have any consumer debt, but my Lord, uh, he has given me uh, the wherewithal to have a high capacity of medical debt lately. And so with my wife's foot, with, uh, uh, with my daughter's surgery coming up, um, I, you, you get that stack of envelopes, you know what I'm talking about? When you go to the ER for like an hour and they send you 8,000 bills, you never know when it's finally done. You know, like six months later, you think it's over, one more doctor finally sent you the bill, right? And then, so it, what's overwhelming mostly is you don't even know how much you owe. So begin entering those in and you can actually set a goal of when you want to pay them off or you can just use the feature of debt snowball or debt avalanche. It is a powerful tool. Guys, try it out. All right, moving on. Number three, are we ready for number three? Yes. Oh, we, they're like, please get us out of here. Okay, okay. Um, all right, the Buccaneers game doesn't start for another hour and a half. I noticed there were some Dolphins fans in here. So, and then, and then there's some loyal Bills fans that are thinking about those Dolphins. All right, so, Number three, stuff says, I'll give you the best. God says, I'll, I'll give you rest. You get to choose. You want the best or do you want rest? You don't get both. So I, don't, I think it was like 2009 maybe, I got my first iPhone. Man, I was so cool. It was like the, the technological equivalent of Z Cavaricis, man. So at the time I was a technical support guy for, for a website company and you know, I. I I needed, right, you're with me? You know, I need that technology, right, to keep up. And uh, so I got the iPhone 3G. And then like, I didn't any more than get the iPhone 3G. And Apple's like, if you wait up in, at, at three in the morning at your Apple store, you could have the Apple 3G S. And then it's no longer the best, okay? And then eventually I wait a little bit because AT&T had to deal with, you know, every two years, man, you get a new phone. It was awesome back then. And so I waited and then I got a new iPhone 4 and I'm like, wow, look at all this. It's incredible. Um, and, then, and then Apple did it again. We're gonna give you the iPhone 4S and then make your other device slow. 
Okay, and then I went to Android and found Jesus. And I've been happily saved ever since. Hallelujah. Okay. So I don't know what those demons in the back of the room are saying, but we're going to focus up here. So there's always a next best. There's always a next best phone. There's always a next best outfit. There's always a next best TV. There's always a next best let me talk to the band, guitar, bass, drums. There's always, an, some of you are nudging your, your, your spouses. There's always a next best fishing pole, hallelujah. There's always a next best boat. And I'm gonna try and pick on the ladies, but I don't really have, my wife's not gonna help me with this. Next best shoes, next best jewelry, I don't. All right, we'll stick with the phone. All right. But when we begin chasing this next best, we actually abandon chasing God. Romans 1.25 says that when we start to focus on the created things rather than the creator, our allegiance has shifted. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised, amen. If we keep searching for the next best stuff, we can become distracted from the best, and that's God. So stop chasing after all these things. God wants to give you rest. Stuff wants you to keep on that hamster wheel. Keep that squeaky wheel going. God says, try getting off. See how you feel. Come to me and I'll give you rest. In fact, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, can we read this together? It's gonna be on the screen. Can you read that? Matthew 11, verse 28, three, two, one. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I, I don't know about you, but like that, that's worth getting up for. That is the single best thing that's ever happened to me as a human being. Jesus saying, let me carry that. It's the single best thing that's happened to humanity over these last several thousand years. Jesus says, please, please stop living this way. I didn't design you to be burdened and overwhelmed the way that you are. I want you to forget that this is a sermon that has some attachment to money. I want you to forget that right now. You can think about debt and stuff in a little bit, but whatever it is, you may not have brought debt and stuff uh, here this morning that's burdening you. You may have some, some even more significant burdens in your life. You may have health issues. You may have marriage issues. You may have parenting issues. You may have money issues. Whatever it is, Jesus says, come to me. I'll get that. I wanna read it again. I want you to listen. Would you close your eyes? I want you to listen. I want you to hear the voice of Jesus. I'm gonna read this in the message version. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms 
of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Are you tired, worn out? Bow your heads with me. Lord, whatever it is, we bring it to you. Whatever trouble at work, whatever trouble at home, whatever trouble in our bank account, you say, I'll carry that for you. Even if you're burned out on religion like so many of us have been, I'll carry that for you. Addiction, I'll carry that for you. Depression, I'll carry that for you. Suicidal thoughts, I'll carry that for you. Walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. That is following Jesus. So I don't know what you've brought today, but as you have a quiet moment with Jesus at your seat, I wanna invite you to take a step further in your faith today. Stop being a believer who is weighed down and burdened and be a believer who turns over everything to Jesus. And you will find rest. So with your, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I wanna invite you. Is there anyone here who wants to decide today? Having never before made this decision, deciding today, I wanna follow Jesus. I wanna give Jesus my burdens. Anyone here who needs rest and once and for all put their faith in Jesus? Is there anyone here who would do that right now? Anyone who would say, hey, I wanna put my faith in Jesus? God loves you where you're at. You may be thinking, I'm not worthy. God doesn't love my kind of sinner. I'm gonna tell you from experience, God loves my kind of sinner. And God loves your kind of sinner. And we're the ones he sent his son to die on the cross for because he loved you so much. So don't think for a second. Don't let the devil tell you, you aren't worthy. Because Jesus said, I will give you life. So you may have given up on you, but God has not given up on you. And so one last time I invite anyone who wants to make a decision for Christ, would you raise your hand? I wanna pray with you from up here. I'm not gonna invite you forward. So I wanna talk to you who've already put your faith in Jesus, but you continue to carry all this stuff. It's like walking next to your Tesla, carrying your stuff instead of putting it inside. And Jesus is tapping you on the shoulder this morning and says, hey, I'll carry that. I've been telling you I'd carry that since the day you first believed. 
and he lifts it off of your shoulders. Can you feel the relief of Jesus carrying your burdens? Right there at your seat. Right there at your seat, pray to him quietly. Lord, I give you this. I give you, name it. I need your rest. So I wanna invite our leaders up to the front. Um, I felt like yesterday I needed to do this. So we don't do this every single Sunday, but um, if you need prayer, like you're just overwhelmed with burdens, um, I wanna invite you to come forward and get prayer. You don't have to, you don't have to be afraid in here. These, this is your family. We live for people to find Jesus and to find hope. And even if you already have Jesus, we live for people to discover freedom that they already have and to walk in the hope that they have. Right now, don't, don't wait any longer. Lord, we pray for boldness. This is your church, this is your family. So nobody needs to be ashamed about coming for help. We wanna lift these people up. We wanna pray with them. Is there anyone? Nothing to be ashamed of. Just takes one to start it. Anybody else? You need to pray and get God's help with overwhelming burdens. Anyone else? I know that as we were talking about this passage, some may have said, had, had a thought in their head. Hey, I'm overwhelmed about such and such. And so don't leave here today without taking action. Debbie, can we get you to come forward, please? There's still room. So whatever the Holy Spirit was putting on your heart today, um, whether it's money or lots of other burdens, Jesus cares about that. And he put us here for such a time as this to, to encourage you and love you. There really is hope. So Lord, we pray over all these here that responded and are praying with others. And Father, we even pray for those who've not, who've just decided, hey, I, I'm gonna must sit with this at my seat, it's okay. I pray over them as well. I pray over those those burdens that are just too much to even utter out of their mouths. I pray that you would bring comfort and healing and rest to those as well. I pray for those who've been thinking, maybe I'd like to decide to follow Jesus. Maybe I'd like this to be the day. Let this be the day. You don't have to come forward. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer right now. You can tell me about it later. You don't have to come forward, but here's how you start a relationship with Jesus. Number one, A, sorry, we're gonna do the ABCs. A, you admit that you've sinned. You admit that you're not perfect. B, you believe that Jesus is the son of God and he died for you. C, you commit your life to following Jesus. So we can pray a prayer to him right now. You don't have to have a special prayer, but you can pray a prayer to him. Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I've failed you. Jesus, I believe 
You are the son of God and you came here for me and died on the cross for me. Jesus, I wanna commit my whole life to you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer or you have some other stuff going on and you just weren't ready, it's okay. We still wanna be here for you. You can send an email to amen at sebastianchurch.com. You can connect with us via text message. Um, you can holler at me after the service and we can connect. If you decided to follow Jesus, I wanna encourage you to mark that on a card or tell me about it in some way so I can get you a book um, that teaches you how to grow in your faith. Um, and I'd love to partner with you and, and partner you up with someone who can help you grow each step of the way. God has a purpose for you being here. And I'm so glad that you were. So we have one more week in our Money Talk series. And perhaps there's somebody who needs to hear this, somebody that you need to bring next week. So take that trick-or-treat bash card with you, but also invite them to church next Sunday. Thank you for listening. And we hope you were blessed by today's teaching. We would love to connect with you. And here are some ways you can connect with us. You can submit a prayer request, find a life group, or check out some of the upcoming events at sebastianchurch.com go. Join us here again for the next episode.